You're listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. Oneofus.net and all of the shows on it are 100% subscriber supported. Please consider becoming a subscriber to oneofus.net. Keep the site and all of our great shows going and get some terrific bonus content as well. Guys, I think we have to accept that Rosa Salazar will just never show her face without a bunch of CG on it. Like, that seems to be a thing now. We're just never going to see what Rosa Salazar actually looks like in a movie or a show. I didn't know what she looked like. I thought, luckily, uh, you're watching it on Amazon. They always give you the actors and stuff, which is the best feature ever, just in case mm-hmm. you kind of recognize this person. So I'm like, oh, that's what she actually looks like in real life. <laughs> yeah, I don't care. Hopefully one day she'll just look at me, though. That's all I ask for. With those huge <laughs> eyes from Alita Battle Angel. I mean, even if you look at her normal photos, she has some pretty piercing eyes. Just That's probably why they she, picked her. <laughs> she is fucking beautiful. I, oh, yeah, she I love I'm her. saying otherwise. Yeah, she, yeah. She could fight Amanda Seafried on who has the largest eyes. <laughs> oh my God. Battle of the eyeballs. <laughs> that would I, be... I can tell you, if I was in the middle of that, I'd be the one who'd go blind. For sure. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> anyway, uh, this is the show Undone, a new Amazon Prime series. Now, this is interesting for a couple big reasons. Uh, one of which is an eight-episode series that's only 22 minutes apiece, which, yeah. wow. I, you forget how fast a binge that is when you go through that stuff. Yeah, it's two hours. It's like a movie. Yeah. yeah. The, the uh, word you're looking for, Justin, is ah, refreshing. It kind of is, honestly. It's kind of like watching uh, Cobra Kai on YouTube. Where that- no, it's literally we just gone back to what it used to be back before uh, streaming services became big of 20-minute episodes. It's like it's less refreshing and more of just like, yeah, when you get used to something, it's like going back to what it was before. Like, it, it's different. Yeah. But then, too, uh, this entire show is rotoscoped, which I didn't – like, I remember seeing the trailers for this, and I just thought, what is this? It looks amazing. Yeah, I was about to say, that was the first thing people were talking about. There were people going, why is this rotoscoped? And I said, hey, let's see. This is going to be some weird, trippy shit, which they can get away with with rotoscoping. Yeah, it's going to be Scanner Darkly, but for eight episodes. (laughs) I I I was instantly in love with the whole rotoscoping thing because they mentioned, like, how it talks about memories and, you know, family and stuff like that. And that's a common thing. That's something that they talk about in film school, like, that in your head, you know, our memories can be distorted and and you can and dreams can have a look in particular like that show so i, I was instantly like hooked oh I was, yeah no, I, was I, was too. I was in the middle because uh again I, I never went to film school but i took like film studies in fucking high school so when we learned what rotoscoping is i was like what's the point because they basically for people that don't know what rotoscoping is there's a quick explanation of what it is uh, they film a particular scene. Let's say it's two people talking at a dinner table. They'll film that with the actor sitting down, all the props, everything they need to. And then afterwards, an uh, animating team will come through and they'll just draw right over it. Mm-hmm. Now, what that lets them do is if you ever look at the old original Superman serials, it lets them kind of do like w- crazy things with lighting that you wouldn't necessarily be able to do with regular just film. But the issue is you're limited by real life to a certain degree. I mean, but based on certain motions, and it's like, like, you can fill in other details later. But also, just to quickly introduce us, uh, hey, I'm Justin, and over here, as you met, uh, heard, that was Alan. Hi, I'm here also. Yep, and then over here, we got Julian. Hi, I'm Julian. <laughs> you are Julian, indeed. I am Julian. Well, and that's the thing that I like about doing this kind of rotoscope stuff, because like you said, uh, the old Superman serials, but we also saw that in the first Lord of the Rings movie, the uh, the animated one that came <laughs> That they actually did a bunch of rotoscoping with live action actors to get certain motions. 
Yeah. When yeah. I was telling someone about this show at my work, they mentioned that. And I started laughing. I was like, yeah, actually, it's exactly like that. <laughs> yeah, Except... but then we haven't seen like any full-scale stuff like this since Scanner Darkly and Waking Life. Uh, well, no, it, both Richard Linklater. So. It's, a mi- it's a mix of things of... It's not really as it's not really cost effective because you're still f- essentially filming the movie. You're essentially doing two jobs. You're filming the movie and then you're editing or you're, you're animating over it. So it ends up being so very what? very expensive. It ends well, up, it's the price. That's a big very very expensive. And if those movies don't do particularly well, like I honestly never even heard of Scanner Darkly till you just texted me the other day. Oh, so it's like Scanner Darkly is a cult film. That, a cult that film. film has status and it is definitely made its money back. A cult also, film usually means it did it do well in I, its release and then got a following after. Afterwards. I I think that that movie made its money, and I don't think it was that expensive uh, either. And I, I remember mean, it, seeing it in theaters. Yeah, no, I mean I don't remember it being a huge hit. Like the people who saw it liked it, but it is just like this show. Scared Darkly was freaking weird. Actually, yeah. okay, so it did not make its money back. It it cost eight million, which actually okay, not as expensive. Okay, that's less. Eight cents. So yeah, because again, it it's, is it's such a weird. Yeah. It has made its money back since. Guaranteed. Oh, I'm sure, and like home release that stuff. But that's yeah. this show too is like I like it probably is very time consuming. I don't know how much more expensive it is than like you know it's almost like the same cost of doing stuff like say CG like you know like motion capture kind of stuff where you have right. to just draw on top of the frame. But man, enough I was... of just this, the the animation though. We should sure. actually this show is about. But <laughs> before we get oh, started. that's right. actually actually the funny thing about saying what this show is about is. It's actually kind of not so much difficult, but the trailer straight lie. I, I'm gonna say this straight up. I think the trailer kind of lies to you what the show's really about, because you watch the trailer and you almost think this is some weird time travel romp. It, it really kind is. of is. It is. It not really is. Like yes, it like, is. Basically, <laughs> to kind of give a brief synopsis, uh, you're st- uh, the main character Alma. She's kind of this incredibly terrible human being who just kind of goes around and acts like the center of attention. And is just basically going around dealing with her life in an incredibly boring, monotonous matter because she just hates how boring her life is. She goes to work, she goes home, she lives with her boyfriend, she eats, and she's complaining about how there's no excitement, there's nothing going on in her life. So she finds weird ways of acting out, like going out drinking every so often, fucking with her sister and her mom, basically just kind of acting like a spiraling character. And what she's happens? She's an alcoholic. She's a yeah. problematic person. She's not very nice. And she's going through depression. She, yeah, she's yeah. depressed. She hits her head, and then she starts seeing visions of her father. And it's kind of like, uh, in a way, happy, where at first she's like, no, this isn't real. I'm going to fucking ignore this. But then it's like, oh, this is actually happening. And uh, in her head, she's on a mission to save her dad and change the past. In From everyone else's point of view, it's like, you need to sit the fuck down and take your medication. Yeah. Because, again, the, the first episode is very just, you don't really get anything necessarily weird. It's just it's just a normal episode of you're going through this I, character that man, is suffering through depression. The first episode is weird as fuck because you're introduced to this character who is a fucking jerk. And the things that she does are are fucking weird. <laughs> she okay, is but a not in a weird, trippy sense like the trailer sold. That's not until literally the second episode when whatever instance happens, like... She goes through the, the episode ends, and then the next episode. That's when things go from like, "Hey, this was you almost thought this was a normal show." Okay, no, 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 this is the weirdest shit you've ever seen because <laughs> they get a chance to do that with the uh, rotoscoping. Because uh, again, if they did CG, it probably would have been terrible because of the budget. But the fact that they're able to do it with rotoscoping, they were able to do crazy stuff that they could still get the facial animation, but then they do all this weird trippy stuff, and it's it's almost difficult to explain. 
but you, you can't I, really. Yeah, it's just it's so surreal and so colorful and so mind-bending at points that you have to yet like, experience it. Yeah. Yet still grounded. That's yeah. what makes this show so fucking epic. Well, that that's the thing that works so well things. about this show is that the first episode, it is a lot of setup, but it makes you really understand why this character is the jerk that she is. Because you and, sense at some point that, like, one, she has a cochlear implant, which obviously has its own sense of history behind it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And two, that you can see that their family, because of the dad dying when she was younger and all this kind of stuff, it's really had an impact on her. And you can oh, see yeah. how she's processing that stuff as she's going through her stuff with her boyfriend, with her sister, and the crazy other people who live in their town. Because... <laughs> And the, everybody in that town is an asshole and a piece of shit in their own right, as you learn throughout the series. There's not a single person in this show that's not a horrendous piece of shit. It's not that, a that's terrible not person. Dude, everybody sucks. No, no, it's just go. It's making a point to say that people are flawed, but not all the people are bad. Like I don't want to get into spoilers, but you know, there's certain characters who may have done bad things. But at the end of the day, like, they still are a good character. Okay, no, no, no. Good characters versus... No, they're great characters. Everyone here incredibly acted. Uh, animation is stupendous. But if you're talking about what kind of person they are, everybody in this show is a different level of, holy shit, they're awful. You have you have a pathological liar. You have a person that just wants to be the center of attention. You have somebody that's been so out of the focus of the attention that they're just grasping for straws at any given opportunity. You have one of the people that's basically so controlling that is literally doing everything they can to control every aspect of other people's lives. Like Every single person here is a different level of control freak and a liar. And that just makes such a weird show because... You're not sure if you should be really rooting for everyone. You're just—it's a roller coaster. This is a definition of a roller coaster because as it goes on, it's really—I don't want to say uncomfortable, but it's—it's uh, disconcerting to really figure out what what's going on because you don't really know the rules. You don't really know what's happening. Things just kind of happen as they need to randomly. It's not but until a couple episodes in that I, it kind of calms down a little bit. I, I mean, I, I think was, that's the point though. It's supposed to—it's supposed to drip feed things to you over time until you start yeah. comfortable with the rhythm of it. You know, it's it's one of those things where you're experiencing this world just like Rosa Salazar is because, you know, so much is happening at once. Because, I mean, when you talk about all the people in here, there's a great cast of people behind this. And most of them are largely unknown actors, at least to me. I've not seen a lot of these people, Uh, except, of course, Bob Odenkirk, who you mean. And the main. uh, Yeah, yeah, he's great. And and, uh, I was like, oh, is that him? Oh, yeah, that is him. Yeah, and uh, her boyfriend. I'm terrible with names. but Oh, um, uh, Siddharth. Oh, boy. He's uh his name is Sean I think in the show. oh Reed no his name is Reed in the show so no no so that's the boy that's the fiance of the sister uh, are you thinking about the boyfriend of uh, the main character which is Siddharth yeah. uh, Dahanje yeah yes. okay yeah. yeah that guy I thought was a really really interesting character and he was really well played because that's a character who I I feel like in a lot of ways like he is the most innocent of all of them. Like, uh, at the same time, he is like, uh, you discover. Oh, he is a. Or, yeah. yeah. Like so I was saying, everybody, there's nobody in this show that you can say, oh, that's the, you know, the, the trope of the good character. No, 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 everyone here is a fucking piece of shit. Although, you and, have to assume that some people are but, less assuming, like, uh, the sister's fiance is just a total dunce white dude. You know? Exactly. <laughs> like, it's, that's the thing. Like, you're just, you're saying, like, everyone is a fucking piece of shit. Like, it's not all black and white like that. They're all I flawed. would say, they're all, yes, they are they're all flawed. Definitions. 
but that's what makes this shit so good is because people in real life are assholes. Like, people suck and are selfish <laughs> okay, like that. My thing that about, is what my makes thing this it, so realistic and believable, is that the characters are grounded like that. It's not that I say the characters are grounded. My issue is that is the variety of characters that we're getting. Because you have, like I said, there's different variations of them being complete, like, terrible people, which fits to the story as it needs to. They are terrible yeah. for the plot. In order for the plot to continue in some cases, and in order for characters to stick around, they are terrible in their own way, making terrible choices. Okay, but because, when, yeah, when you say that... You don't have a single you, character in here that doesn't do something that is morally irreprehensible. Everybody does it in their own specific ways. But as I was saying with the show, with the trailer, almost kind of lies to you where it's like, oh, this is going to be a weird time travel romp where they're going through time and doing all sorts of stuff. It really isn't. And in my opinion, this is a, this is a showcase of dealing with like trauma and schizophrenia. Like, oh, this yeah. is a mental health show. Of it, what it, it it's really like is. to be there because at this point, like, honestly, it goes to almost all the series. You have no, like, the show doesn't really sit there and give you concrete evidence that this is reality. It almost feels like you're seeing somebody that is actually schizophrenic and is just having hallucinations that are so vivid because so much stuff's happening and she can't comprehend it. You as the audience can't comprehend it and nobody can really help her. So you're not sure if she's just nuts or if this is actually happening. And that's well, the key well, that, thing I really loved about it. That, yeah, that's what makes the show so compelling. Yeah. yeah. No, that's the thing is that they keep giving you clues both ways. Like, there's some things that she definitely could not have known if she didn't have the powers. But there's some things that it's like, well, if you just looked, you could tell that she was just looking at something. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. It's, it keeps you guessing. And I think that's great is that it really does ground you into her headspace. You always feel like you're in the moment with Rosa Salazar for almost every single scene of the show. And that way you feel like you have a connection. You have an anchor uh, through all this insane, crazy imagery. Because... Last thing, too, like you say, with the time travel stuff, it is more or less just a straightforward, you know, character drama that occasionally sifts into a time travel thing. But the whole thing with the rotoscope gives the entire show this sense of unreality because of that. It's just yeah. so surreal and trippy. And, like, even just looking at people's faces when you know that they're being drawn on kind of stuff, it gives you this weird, like, I know that's a real person, but the teeth or the eyes, something about it just seems so off every time you look at it. Well, because I think one of the things is that uh, I'm just going to guess and say that the, the sets are very basic. Like, oh, yeah. If, you, if they were to show us the actual film, I think, yeah, you have the person there in whatever shirt they have. But, like, I'm going to assume it's, like, you know when you see behind the scenes and, like, there's, like, a green box and that's going to be, like, CG to a table or some shit. Like, I expect that's what the backers are going to be like because they do so much crazy stuff with the background that I'm assuming that has to be as basic as possible so they can just keep everything continuity when they go back to normal. Like, no, I would love to see the behind the scenes. Like, it's not like old rotoscoping where they were literally drawing on the cells. Like, nowadays with computers, bro, like, they take a fucking picture of it and then they cut it and then all this stuff is there. Like, the everything, like, this is just classic rotoscoping where they had it all shot and then in between where they did the trippy stuff they just would cut it and like no like there was like a I said, lot I of am this curious was to see the behind the scenes yeah yeah no I am too because I feel like there's some scenes you can tell were just them filming but some scenes like the more f fantastical moments are definitely rotoscoped or like drawn after the fact but yeah Aside from that, I think that it, the show works as well as it does outside of the visuals outside of the acting is that it's still a very compelling story because it, at its core it's a mystery story dude the writing is yeah. next level stuff like all the characters are so unique in their voice it doesn't feel like one person is talking through five people everyone yeah. feels like they're coming from a a, a realistic place like because there's certain characters where it's like man you should not be this forgiving but you should not be like this but because of the circumstances of that character being the way they are you can buy it 
Yeah. Yeah, like, and it's one of those things where it's like if you watch the show and you're watching this review to see what we think, and I just went through essentially five characters, you could probably guess who I'm talking about. Like, if you've never watched the show, you'd be like, oh, I don't know who that could be. But if you've watched the show, you could probably guess who I'm talking about based on the brief description I gave. Because, yeah, they are incredibly unique. And they have their own flaws and their own ways that fits the show as it needs to. So, yeah, this is a character drama. I even have it in my notes. Like, this isn't a time travel story. This is a story about a character that's dealing with trauma and mental illness. And instead of us seeing it through, like, usually when you see those stories, like, oh, we're the audience watching this. But like, no, no, we are the main character. We yeah. are literally, like, right beside her. We might as well be a personification of her of her illness to the extent where the show, like, and that's probably, what, I don't know if this, they say this is a series. I don't know if they should even do a second season. Well, I think it ends the, in a place that I'm okay with. Well, it does end with one thing, which if I had any gripes, that was my only thing where there's that one thing they tease yeah. in the background. And that's the one thing that it does not get resolved until a cliffhanger. So you're just like, oh, come on. It almost worked. It, it was all a singular season. It would have been perfect as one season. I, either way, I think it could have gone well. Like if they did, because it could go either way, and I'm like, I don't know which I would have preferred. But like if they just never do another season, I'm like you know what, she's just mentally ill. I'm okay with that. Well, you don't even know that. That's the beauty of the ending. Like it's, it's like it, it might as well throw it out like Inception. It's like the same fucking ending. It is. <laughs> is the top yes. spinning guys? Come on, we got to. It is spinning. I'm not gonna get into the discussion <laughs> of why he's awake in the dream, but uh, he's awake in real life. <laughs> well, anyway, there's a lot of good, like I said, a lot of good yeah. actors. You also got um, Angelique Cabral, who plays their um, her sister. You got yeah. Constance Marie, who plays her mother. Uh, David Digg shows up in here, which I, I, I have to say that he was kind of a little underused in the story. Is that the um, the the guy in charge of the, uh, the preschool? Co-worker? Yeah, the day the, yeah, the daycare coworker. Yeah, that he, guy was, he was brilliant. He was brilliant well, he was... in it. He was so fucking believable. Like, all these characters are just... The one thing we haven't mentioned, like, that really stuck with me is the fucking writing in this. There was maybe one moment where I was like, oh, that was a little weird, like, in the last episode, a line they said. But I still think they pulled it off. And all of the dialogue of the lead characters, and, like, there was never a moment where I was, like, really like, oh, God, this is awful. Like, I was laughing throughout this show. Like, Oh, there's a lot of funny moments in this. Oh, yeah. And... And on top of the writing, like, one thing I wrote in a post when I was, like, doing a, my own review for this was, like, it's rare that you see a project where everything comes together and just clicks. And then you have something like rotoscoping on it that just enhances the project. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, if this was, a like, a live-action show, it probably would still work on its own level. Uh, it would be. I don't know. It definitely would, but they well, would like, have the, to have... Well, like, the actual itself, yeah. Yeah. No, because the thing is, the writing's only exemplified by how crazy the visuals are. And if they tried to do something with, like, CG, I don't think it would have worked. Because, like, again, television shows, especially Amazon Prime, they can they have a lot of money. So money is almost, not, budget's not even an issue here. But they're doing so much hyper-specific stuff that the closest thing I can think of is It Chapter 1. Yeah. <laughs> that's the only, that's the closest thing I can think of that even comes kind of close to this weird, weird kind of stuff. But it's so seamless that... I don't think of I don't think CG well, would have done it. I think I, you I, had to do that. I, mean. I think that they I mean, dude, like The Shining has extremely, you know, surreal moments in it, and there's no fucking computer effects, and it totally pulls okay, it off. Okay, but Krupa is a fucking madman genius. Like, I don't think we're gonna. <laughs> yeah, but like that's. I don't the think you're gonna replicate like, that. But I think that they could have used CG effects, and it wouldn't have been unwarranted. And shooting it in live action the way they did, I agree with you 100, percent Justin. They could have done this live action because already the editing in this is. So 
so fucking good yeah. that the rotoscoping again like sounded like a broken record like it just enhances everything like oh, for sure. just a multitude of reasons well you know and what's interesting too i looked up the director of this um the whole thing because he directed every episode it's uh hisko hulsing he's a dutch animator actually okay that makes sense he worked on hmm. before because i knew i had seen his style uh it was that one documentary film kurt cobain montage of heck if you saw that hmm. no that sounds no. cool is that rotoscoped uh, well, it's, it's animated. So basically, it was in a uh, documentary about Kurt Cobain that was all done as a cartoon, where they took Kurt Cobain's uh, recordings and audio tapes and that stuff and just animated the sequences based on his descriptions of everything around him. I and vaguely remember the trailers for that, yeah. Yeah, it's a I'm really... not sure if I saw it, I'd be like, oh yeah, I saw a clip of this randomly on the internet once, but off the top of my head, I don't remember it. Yeah, no, it's a really, really well done one. So he didn't actually direct it himself specifically, but he was one of the head animators in charge of designing the look for it. And so he worked on a team, like uh, just looking at some of the behind-the-scenes details here, that he right. worked with a team in the Netherlands to animate the majority of the stuff here. Even though yeah. it's set in Texas, which seems to be a thing where, I guess, rotoscoping is really popular because both Scanner Darkly and Waking Life were done in Texas as well. I guess that's just a thing. I never, honestly, I, I never really noticed it. Though. I think that uh, the creator of BoJack Horseman just really loves psychedelic visuals. And, <laughs> and, and this style fits <laughs> like it just oh that's right so this well. is created by the bojack horseman guy yeah man really uh, oh yeah Raphael bob moss that explains the weird trippy visuals I mean, because bojack yeah, like does that's... that a lot yeah dude i mean this color palette is very 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 similar to the watercolor uh color palette used in bojack horseman the only thing i'd say is the ones in here the colors are tempered like a little more like like realistically like yeah like yeah. I'm trying to think of the equivalent, like just they're muddier, but in a way that's like it's watercolor. Good. It's like, like but both of, both of them are watercolors. It's just that the colors in here are not as like bright and fluorescent as they are in Bojack yeah. Horseman. Like Bojack's nose, dude, is like super fucking pink. It's like a cartoon <laughs> pig pink. Yeah. You know, like the walls in fucking <laughs> Undone are like a shitty hotel yellow. You know. Yeah. My favorite kind of yellow. <laughs> oh brother but yeah i i have a lot of great stuff to say about this again my only complaints were really the fact that it expects to admit, get a season two which again this could work on its own as a standalone season yeah i wouldn't mind seeing more but i feel like as a whole this is really well done and even little things in this like you know me about the way that religion's portrayed sometimes and that's a barely a factor in the story but there's one character who's a priest and out of everybody in this show, he's like the most reasonable person in the entire thing. And not even just being a religious guy, he's just like, oh, I feel I should just stay out of this problem because that's clearly not my issue. <laughs> like, that's the reasonable thing that anybody does in the whole show. Oh like, God. yo, uh, he recognizes, okay, there's something crazy going on here. Uh, just, just doing my nine to five. Yep, I'm just going to go into that box there. I'm going to listen to people's private lies. Okay, I'm going to fucking leave now. It was, it was just a great little detail. I'm just like, okay, that's... That's fun. And it's just there's a lot of fun moments in here. Like, yeah. like you said, like there's some laugh out loud funny moments in this oh, show. Oh, dude. And, and there's some really fucking dark ones. Oh, oh yes. fuck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like there, there are visuals in here that made me laugh, but only out of shock. And it's something that I'm glad that they use sparingly. But yeah. like when she first starts having visions and she's looking at that one kid, can I say a mild spoiler here? No. Well, well, I know just, just imply. Yeah, yeah. Just imply just the, the general idea. Well, like, she's looking at a kid in her classroom, and she sees something horrendous happening to this kid. Yeah. yeah. And it's very vividly animated. 
Like, <laughs> it's something that takes a lot of balls to show, and I could imagine them showing that in live action really well, for example. Yeah, but, but I think uh, doing the animated style know. gives it a more seamless flow. I, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, no, like, and then even because I've seen that effect, I've seen I've literally seen that exact effect in live action. It, does, it doesn't it didn't look not look as good as it did when it was rotoscoped. It, it didn't look that good in Aquaman. <laughs> I mean, shit. Yeah, like what the fuck do you want from that? Yeah, <laughs> they they look like did shit. Do you want in, me to argue that? They look like shit in Aquaman. Thank you for proving my point. <laughs> <laughs> but but even some other stuff, like when they show some like minor details of things that happen in her past that they don't even fully explain, but you just kind of know from the context clues, you're just like, oh, geez, <laughs> you know, just tra traumatic experiences after her dad died. Yeah. Oh, but yeah, I, you know, I don't know what else I can really say without going too far into this because I feel like uh, the again the best thing I can say about this show, on top of all the good things, is that. It is such a breezy show to watch. Like, yeah. you can finish this in about two, two and a half hours and get a full experience watching it, you know? It's just... It's, again, proving I, my I, point that television is a much better medium for telling stories than movies will ever be. Oh, well, yeah. Well, this could have been a fantastic movie. This could have been I an agree. amazing two-hour movie. <laughs> like, <laughs> easily. <laughs> I, I disagree with the way, especially movies nowadays, the the... the the uh, the formulaic flow it would I don't think this would have worked because there's too many slow moments that I think like people were playing that it chapter two and it chapter two might as well be a season of a television it it chapter two is a little long it's short it's longer than this show yeah, yeah and it feels <laughs> yeah, like a television that's so show. weird and that... people were still complaining about it <laughs> yeah, yeah, also but... one thing I really do like about this show just thinking about it too is that this show goes into a lot of like existential theoretical physics mumbo jumbo but which is hilarious to me <laughs> oh yeah but it's never overplayed like it feels like yeah. anytime they go into those deeper discussions it never feels like it's losing the audience like it explains it very clearly very plainly but doesn't condescend to you about what the point is trying to make oh by the way out of context spoiler uh the limit of uh the barrier for time travel is not the speed of light yeah, I was wondering about that. That didn't sound right. I, that is not. I was like, I was uh, like in my head, like, guys, right, I, I'm not. No, this. stop. I'm not listening to facts about science that is not fucking real. No, no, <laughs> stop, <laughs> stop, stop, stop. No, time travel is not real. Stop. We're done. No. Uh, I mean, I don't know. If you look at Einstein's notes, he does theorize that a wormhole can actually. Anyway, final Bro, I got, I got a theory about walking through walls. It just doesn't work. Here, let me show you. Why? No, please. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that last point, but it's like, yeah, it it's done in a way where you can feel like you're involved in the conversation. You feel like you understand what they're talking about without it just going completely over your head, like something like Primer or something like that. Like, <laughs> I can't wait to watch that one. Day. I, me too. I'm just like, even the clips I've seen, like, I know Lexi here has seen it, and she's just like, I don't fully understand that, and I've already watched it twice. <laughs> Pri primer, what's anyways, that? That's, all I know is Primus. That's different. Yeah. <laughs> Not the same. But, um, yeah, let's go into final thoughts then. Uh, Alan, why don't you lead us off on this one? Okay. Uh, so it's one of the, when I saw the trailer, uh, when it comes to time travel stories, I'm really, like, right away, I'm just like, I feel like either, one, they, they ignore the science, or two, it's just, it ends up going down the same tropes <laughs> as a lot of time travel stories go. So when I saw the trailer, I was like, okay. But then it's like, oh, hey, we need people to review it. I'm like, you know what? I'll check it out. It's Amazon Prime. I want to see if it's a good service. And immediately I was like, okay, okay, this isn't what the trailer sold and i'm really happy because this is a character drama like we said i think that my only real complaint is that the first episode to me it it it's very very especially compared to the rest of the show is very basic to set it up sure and i wasn't really feeling it till episode two so i'd say honestly it's 20 minutes if you're not feeling episode one it'll win you by episode two 
I think that all the acting, all the characters, all the set pieces are incredible, weird, and just exactly what the kind of show wants to do to talk about mental illness. And I think this is probably one of the best examples I've seen of mental illness conversation because it's not just what everyone thinks like, oh, they're drooling and screaming at a wall. It's like there are some things that are happening in your mind and you're not sure if it's real or not. And you don't know what's going on. It's like this is a perfect example of what, like how they describe schizophrenia when people are talking like, hey, what goes on in your mind when your meds aren't kicking? It's like, oh, this crazy shit. And I think that's incredible. I think, again, it's on Amazon Prime. If you guys just have, you guys have it accidentally if you have Prime. Like, if you ship things with Prime, you accidentally have this streaming service. So it doesn't cost you anything. <laughs> so be sure to check it out because it's really interesting. I'd probably just give it 8 out of 10. Uh, I ain't taking these pills. <laughs> so 8 out of 10 pills you're not taking? you goddamn right. <laughs> well, then, Julian, what do you think? Um, I mean, I guess I'll, I'll echo most of what, uh, Alan was saying, but just tenfolds more because I'm, I'm very picky about television and, and stories in general that I'll like, but this, this really resonated with me. And after recently interacting with family members who are dealing with, you know, very intense conditions, mm-hmm. it, among, like, the other commentaries that, you know, like, kind of have a ripple effect of, like, yes, they're making commentaries on, uh, you know, mental illness, but there's also, like, some blatant commentary on how we shut everyone out, on how we're all giving ourselves mental illness with our cell phones, you know, by just having something to rely on. Like, I thought that the little uh, blackjack uh, game yeah. that gets introduced yeah. in the second episode wow brilliant brilliant writing like this sound (laughs) dude i have like a dozen of those you can get those easy those are those are common games those are from those uh whatever it was you know like with those cheap screens yeah uh they made billions of them but um this show uh i think is not only i'll say my favorite show of the year but like my favorite show in years uh, wow. like I said, like my only real complaint was like, there was one line of dialogue I heard where I was like, maybe, maybe that could have gone through a rewrite, but it's in a very sensitive part of the story. And I can understand where it comes from and almost forgive it for being as quote, I guess, cheesy as I thought it was. But other than that, I, I think the show's masterful. Uh, I think that the style enhances everything about it. I think that, uh, is it Rosa Salazar or is it? Yes. Yeah. I think that Rosa Salazar and Bob Odenkirk are brilliant in this show. Uh, They're so good in this. Yeah. Her, her character is one of my favorite characters ever. I, I, I love the first episode because it opens with like, here's this character. She is a fucking asshole because she is <laughs> depressed and she doesn't fucking care. And it's so refreshing to finally see a character that is flawed like that, that you can still like because, you know, she seems like a fun person, you know, like there's moments where you want to hang out with her and there's like, okay, like this is one of those people who I can hang out with, you know, from 9 PM till like midnight. Cause after that, if you give her water, she turns into a fucking gremlin. Um, I, I got, I got no complaints. Uh, this is, I, I give this, uh, 
10 out of 10 uh, times that uh, you should have been watching Undone, but you were listening to this. Ah. <laughs> yeah, what are you doing, man? Stop, turn this off. Yeah. <laughs> Look, you do it, if you do it at the same time, you would have finished an episode by now. Right? There you go. Well, I will not belabor too long then because you covered almost everything I wanted to say too. That The show's great. I think it's really well done. It's only got maybe a couple moments where it dips, but anytime it slows down, it's almost always directed towards doing something character-motivated. And even, again, some of the background characters, like the freaking doofus husband, uh, fiance for the sister, I'm just like, you know... I get what they're trying to do with that. It's still funny. It's weird, but it's still funny kind of thing. And it's still tragic. Yeah. <laughs> you well, because ultimately, feel for it, that, it, dude. it plays into a lot of stuff that's not even his fault, too, with a lot of stuff. So Yeah, and th- there's even, like, some social commentary stuff in there, you know, like, that they well, there's throw There's a ton in. of social commentary. Yeah, the, and they're not subtle character? about it, either. <laughs> Fuck no. <laughs> yeah. So... On the whole, though, I think this is really well done. I could easily see watching a bunch of this again, even for anyone who's oh, doing this. Fuck thing. yeah, dude! I'll yeah. let me do a line of this shit. Yeah, so I'm gonna give this nine out of ten. Uh, nine out of ten naked dreams. Oh <laughs> man, this show walking that fine line, putting. A, I'm not even gonna say. I mean, it, it, this is definitely a show for adults. Like, don't don't get us wrong, people. With all the stuff we're talking about animation, this is not for kids, even a little bit. So. Like, that's oh, a, fuck no. She rips something out of her chest in a gory-ass fashion. I was like, oh, God. They talk about, like, yeah, pubic hair at one point. They do all this kind of stuff. It's it's definitely for grown-ups. Yep. Yeah, so 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 don't, don't be under uh, 17 years old watching this or, oh, boy. That's all I got. No, I okay, I thought it was going right somewhere. there. 